What up, what up, what up? It's your hero, Super Tim, here with another edition of Sit Down with Super Podcast. I'm your hero, Super Tim, and we got a special guest today, the new coach of the Howard University Bison football team, Mr. Larry Scott. What's going on, Mr. Scott? Not much, not much. I'm very happy to be here, happy to be on, and, and happy to uh, meet the, uh, the D.C. fam and, and get a chance to say a little bit about our program and what we're doing and the direction we want to take it. So it's exciting times here at Howard University and excited to be here. That's what's up. I'm a longtime Howard fan. I've been um, following Howard University football since 1992. Um, so as a black man here in D.C., I'm always supporting the HBCU of the DC, of DC um of DC area I was one of a few HBCUs here in the DMV so I'm definitely uh, um always keeping up with what's going on with Howard University football from a media standpoint but also from a personal fan standpoint and definitely I'm looking forward to what you are bringing to the table um and what we could do to get this Howard football thing back popping here in the DMV um so we're going to jump right into a couple of questions um so I want you to first speak on some of your coaching experience and how mm-hmm. that coaching experience um, will help us here at Howard University. Well, I think uh, my, my coaching experience comes from a vast background of every level of football. You go all the way back to uh, the humble beginnings of, of, of high school football and, and coaching on the high school level and then having an opportunity to go um, um, as a player and coach at the University of South Florida and Tampa, Florida, and being a part of a, a, a build-up program, a startup program, being the first uh, one of the first players to sign a scholarship there in that program's history and, and playing through it for four years and then continuing to build it as a coach uh, from just a trailer uh, to what it is now um, and then having an opportunity to do that, like I said, as a player and a coach. But uh, the opportunity to do it uh, coaching-wise and, and having the background of coaching all the various positions and, and being part of what it was to, to build that program, uh, you know, from the bottom up, from, you know, players and development of budgets and, uh, development of how we're going to do things from a recruiting standpoint and uh, our offensive and defensive systems and how we do all of those different things. Uh, we're happy to, you know, just have an opportunity to be a part of all of that uh, in the very humble beginnings of that program um, and, and, and building it from the bottom. Um, like I said, coaching running backs, coaching the offensive line, coaching tight ends, uh, being a play caller, and then having an opportunity to go on to the University of Miami from there after 10 years at the University of South Florida and uh, go there as the co-offensive coordinator, run game coordinator um, at the University of Miami for three years, and uh, then having a chance to take over the program the last uh, eight weeks, uh, eight games, uh, eight weeks. I'm sorry, six games uh, of our of our season there as the interim head coach, and then having a chance to to get us um, prepared and ready, and, and get us El Bowl eligible, and go play in the Sun Bowl out in El Paso, Texas, um, was just a, an unbelievable opportunity for me. Um, as a young coach and, and as, a, as a guy that's always wanted to be a head coach. So when that opportunity came available, it was one of the most uh, probably instrumental pieces to me um, being ready for an opportunity to be a head coach and actually started to scratch that itch of always wanting to be uh, a leader of a program and, and have my own program and, and um, be a head coach. So uh, after that experience at the University of Miami, I had a chance to go on to the University of Tennessee Um during my first year there at Tennessee, I was the tight ends coach, special teams coordinator, and then in my second year there became uh, the first African-American offensive coordinator in 120 years of Tennessee football history, um, which was just an, another awesome and incredible opportunity um, for myself uh, and for my development in the process of uh, 
becoming a head coach and, and having a chance to be a play caller and, and all those different things uh, in, in the SEC um, wasn't just an, uh, an unbelievable opportunity. And then the last two years coming back to the University of Florida um, as a tight end coach and being heavily involved in one of the most explosive offenses in the country um, was, was really awesome. And, and, and taking those two seasons with a 10-win season or an 11-win season, um, and two years there, and an Orange Bowl victory and a Peach Bowl victory against Michigan, and an Orange Bowl victory against uh, Virginia has all been the experiences and things that have led me to uh, uh, be prepared and be ready for this awesome opportunity that I have now at Howard University. So, so, um, so as an assistant and all these wonderful opportunities you've had coaching at UFC and Miami and Tennessee and at Florida, um, how has that prepared you um, for this coaching opportunity? How's it? How's it? Got me ready. Oh, prepare! Just being that you've you know you kind of been a part of seeing it all at all levels, uh, all the good, all the bad, uh, all the you know the mistakes, you know the successes and all the failures and uh, different things like that, and, and having a chance to work with uh, all uh, types of athletes and walks of life from all over the country, um, having the recruiting base uh, that you had to have uh, with some of these. Uh, National collegiate programs that you build around the country with high school coaches and and, and, uh, and, and different areas of the country that that helps to extenuate and helps to create our, our recruiting base from which we'll still uh, fall back to some of some of the relationships uh, and different things like that and then having a chance to work with some some really good coaches and, and people along the way that have kind of uh, helped and steered and mentored me in the, in the direction of becoming a head coach whether it's just from a schematic standpoint of, of, of coaching scheme. Uh, technique fundamentals or the powers you need to have in recruiting uh, from in the areas of uh, fundraising and budgeting uh, and, you know, building relationships and staff chemistry and all those important things uh, that are critical pieces to building a, building a staff and, and, and building a program uh, into a winner. And uh, I've been fortunate enough to have been around a lot of that, uh, a lot of really good coaches, a lot of really good players, and have been around a lot, an awful lot of winning um, over my career uh, in coaching. Uh, which I think has really helped me and really let me uh, allow me to be uh, prepared for this opportunity. So, so um, unfortunately, we've had a lot of coaches come and go through our university, and we've been a program that has struggled mightily um, for a long time. Very few winning seasons, um, a lot of losing seasons. Um, what has caused you, other than just an opportunity to coach um, as a head coach, despite all the struggles and all the issues we've had trying to build a consistent program at Howard, um, called you to make a decision to come to Howard, knowing all the success you've had um, at other schools and the opp other opportunities that may have come along at other bigger schools. Um, what caused you to mm -hmm. want to come to little old Howard right here in D.C.? Um, a number one is Howard. Uh, and and that, yeah, we, we still have to realize that that name rings true from coast to coast. Uh, from the south to the north and east to the west as, as one of the premier uh, universities, regardless of HBCU or PWI in, in, in all of the country. Uh, it carries some weight. It, it carries a tradition and a great academic tradition and the powers of uh, producing excellence and being around uh, excellence. And, and from where I was raised as, as a kid, uh, with my grandmother having an opportunity to be a city councilwoman and and where I'm from, and then be the only black female to ever be elected eight consecutive times uh, into that world and into the political world of, of where we were from. Um, she always talked to us about the HBCU and, and what it means, and, and, and always when she would mention uh, 
the universities and different things like that, Howard stood alone. Howard always stood alone at the top um, as one that we all always looked at as kids uh, as a brand uh, that represents who we are as a people at a very, very high level of achievement and everything that it chooses to do and everything that is that is about Howard. Uh, so when that opportunity came uh, and the word Howard came out, it caught my interest right away because of the tradition, because of the pageantry, because of the the uh, the, the idea that everything that Howard touches uh, comes excellence uh, was what, no doubt about it, at the end I wanted to explore and, and see if it would be a natural fit for us um, for us to, to do right now. And uh, as we can continue to learn more about the situation, to learn more about uh, the direction that uh, President Frederick and uh, our AD Kerry Davis wants to uh, carry athletics football program and the vision that they have for it. It fell right in line with the vision that I would want to have uh, for a program and, and have it and, and start, you know, building a program into a champion, into a winner, uh, which is which is important for me um, through the university's vision and, and what the mission is of the university. And it fit right along and in alignment with uh, what my vision and, and mission is for starting a program and what I want our program to represent and what it's all about. And, and when you have the the brand that is Howard that you wear on your chest and you wear on your heart and you talk and you talk about, uh, I believe it was the right time and the right place. And it's a heck of a combination to come together to rebuild a program, uh, to bring the program to where it is so that it matches what Howard is. And when people say, wow, it's Howard, uh, we want them to start to say, well, golly, man, you know what? They're great at everything. They're great at everything, academically uh, and athletically. Uh, it fits right across the top of the board with the Dukes and the Stanfords. Um, and those schools of the world, Northwesterns, that carry a high academic standard, but along with that comes a high standard of athletics uh, across the board. So that's what um, the opportunity excites me. Uh, it's an opportunity that I'm fired up about, uh, and that's what me and my staff and, and the people that are going to be put around us and around our young men in this program are going to be all about. I was talk um, a little bit about recruiting. I got a quick question um, as it relates to recruiting. Um, at a one double A school, one, um, HBCU, two, and a struggling school, three. As it relates to, um, we I've had conversations with individuals as it relates to the HBCU and how we have so many black players going to the predominantly white schools, and why we can't get those same black players to go to the HBCUs, and how much that will. Um, kind of elevate the HBCUs because um, we see from a football standpoint you've been in Miami you've been in Florida who's had multiple um, championships who've had um, Heisman Trophy winners who have first round draft picks and things of that nature and those accolades from the players um, many of those who are black cause a lot of um, fanfare a lot of money um, enrollment in the school um, what do we have to do to get our top players African American hey. players, right. to support the HBCUs to turn our HBCUs into powerhouses, as opposed to generating so much money and uh, accolades for the predominantly white schools. I think I think I think number one, we have to continue to educate. We have to continue to educate uh, the young men and, and high school coaches, uh, families, uh, the young men that are playing football, or what the HBCU what HBCU really is and what it means. And for, for more than anything uh, in recruiting, uh, some of the best recruiters I've been around have always been able to sell young people on what the experience is, 
what's the experience? How much does the experience mean to you? And in, and in the time and the day that the world we live in right now, I think uh, younger pe- young, young people are not giving enough credit uh, for believing in what they believe in, understanding what it is that they believe in, and then acting on what they believe in. And I think if we ever take the opportunity to just really sit down and really talk to these kids and their families about what the experience is at these HBCUs is, is, is something that's more enriching and more gratifying than playing at, um, example, playing at a University of Michigan in front of 100,000 people, which is very exhilarating. It's awesome. It, 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 it's a feeling that you can't honestly, you know, uh, describe most times. However, once those lights turn off and that stadium's empty, right, and you no longer go run out in front of the stadiums in the maze and the blue and all those type of great things that has always happened to you and you were just a figure for four years, and then all of a sudden, all of that's gone, what do you have? What do you have? And I think when you use that sentiment amongst the right people and you start to sell the right people and families on the idea that it's mostly about the experience that is going to enrich your life forever, and make you feel special and make you help you understand that for, you know, for so many times in your life, you get a chance to be as an African-American, not a part of the, not the minority. You get an opportunity to be a part of the majority. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that experience is one of a lifetime that you can never get and never have probably at any other place in space in the time in your life. Uh, so it, it's about the education of the experience and how far it holistically is going to carry them uh, down the road other than just the four or five years of their life. And that to understand that this is about your cultural experience that can enhance you as a as a young man right now, and then better and even more. The older you get, the older you get, the more you grow, and the more you you know uh, step into life and, and begin to do other things. This four year experience is going to be far more and bigger than just football. And young guys and young athletes right now are, are kind of gravitating towards the notion that they are bigger than just the athlete. They're bigger than just the sport. They're bigger than just the idea that they can run, jump, catch, and hit, and all of those type of things that it takes, the skill set that it takes to be a champion in football, and all those type of things. And they're starting to look more back at it is that I'm more than that. And that's what the HBCU experience gives young people. That's, the, that's what the HBCU experience offers to young men right now that are later on in life are going to be able to turn around and look back and be more, much more enriched, much more empowered um, with their decisions of what they did. And that's a process, and that's going to take a process. And I think we, uh, as an HBCU university, as a, a HBCU community, uh, if we can begin to wrap our arms around the whole idea and the notion of that, uh, yeah, our, our, our young black athletes are really good athletes, but they're really good students, too. And at the same time, the really good students can be really good athletes. And if we can both all put our arms around the notion that we can be better at everything that we choose to do as a people and as a university and as a community, uh, you'll start to begin to see those things happen. We have to stop the, the kind of the, the segregation amongst ourselves of that's you're just an athlete or you're just a, a, a you know you're just an academia and understand that we know we're a people and everything that we do and everything that we touch we can be excellent at if we do it together and I think that's why we start to pull together first as a people as a whole then we'll be able to begin to sell that whole notion to all of these other athletes that we talk about that are going to these predominantly white schools. And winning Heisman champion, winning Heisman trophies, and doing all of those type of things, well, there'll be more into the experience of doing it at an HBCU and for an HBCU. Well, from a realistic standpoint, I understand everything you're saying, and I agree with everything you're saying. But 99.9 percent of every young person that straps on a helmet and a pair of shoulder pads 
does it because of a dream of going to the NFL. The reason why the majority of these African-American players, in my opinion, well, in my opinion, but most of them go because of the opportunity to be coached and seen um, by scouts so that they can live that dream. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe that Howard University probably over the last 15 years has put like two players in the NFL. Antoine Padilla, um, who has had a wonderful career in the NFL, mm-hmm. and I want to say Tracy White. I believe it was one re- more recent than that. I have to do my research. Um, but the number of players coming out of HBCUs is, to me, one of the reasons why um, it's difficult to get the top mm-hmm. players to come to the HBCUs because you want to play at the big schools, you want to be on national TV, you want to be in the bowl games, you want to play against the best of the best to show that you are the best um, so that you can get to the NFL. Um, I believe that's one of the biggest issues is um, not just selling them on the black experience, which is wonderful for black people, not just selling them on school as a whole and, and what these four years can mean for you going forward, but you have to be realistic about the fact that the majority of these kids, regardless mm-hmm. of what school they go to, they have a dream of playing in the NFL. Is that something that you can, from your coaching experience, let's say you've played, you've coached at Miami, you've coached at Florida, you've coached at Tennessee, where you've had people mm-hmm. in the NFL, is that a, a recruiting point that you can push to um, players of any level, whether it's small high schools, whether they're nationally known players, is that something that you can push to say, look, I've coached, I've I've coached on the highest level, I've won the highest level as an assistant, I've coached and, and built players to become NFL players, and that's something that we can make, we can kind of almost say promise, but something that we can push you to do as well, because I've done it before. Um, is that something? Well, is, is that something that we can do? Because I feel like the coaching aspect is the big thing. And you being a black coach, that's coached in um, major college football, do we basically need more African American coaches who are coming from the big schools to bring that big school coaching to the HBCUs to kind of create those programs that can compete um, and put more players in the NFL? I think I think at the end of the day. Um one thing I do know in, in my dealings with the NFL and, and scouting and all those type of things, they're going to do their due diligence to find the most talented athletes they can find in America, no matter where they are, no matter where they are. And the one thing that they all gravitate towards is winning, uh, period, in the story. If, if you're a, a program that, that produces winners, uh, graduates, you know, winners, guys that, um, that help your program be successful, your program picks up notoriety because of the winning, uh, those people and those things come. Uh, that's that they don't doubt about it. And, and even in just the recruiting world of, of business, people go after winners, right? Top sales guys, top this, top whatever, top performers, top whatever. They go after winners at a professional level. So, uh, first of all, it's to sell the notion that, that we got to first produce and, and consistently produce winners in, in a winning culture, in a winning environment. How do you do that? You do that with people, okay? So yes, you know, having to be able to lean back and fall back on some of the experiences that uh, I've had in, in, in dealing with first-round draft pick players, um, being around a host of those at, at Miami, being around a host of those from uh, Tennessee, Alvin Kamars and Josh Dobbs and Duke Johnsons and all of those kids of the world, absolutely. You I mean, just the experience that you can share with a young man and his family in their homes about 
the experience of being around young people like that and some of the characteristics that it took uh, to become a player like that. Um, that's, that's absolutely something you want to fall back on and you want to be able to lean back on because kids trust that. They trust and, 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 they, and they, they, they rely on the experiences that they know that you've had uh, that you're willing to share with them and open up with uh, as, as, uh, as kind of like a guide for them as to what you can do and what your knowledge base and your experience has brought to others that you can possibly do for them. Ultimately, at the end of the day, they still have to want it and do it for themselves. Uh, coaches are just guides. We're just people that can guide them, direct them, uh, lead them, you know, critique them, coach them up, uh, those type of things. But ultimately, they have to be something that's a part of them and what they want to do uh, as far as that goes. But, you know, being fortunate enough to put a, a host of guys around them, like our coaching staff, uh, you know, our Vernon Hargraves, a Warren Beal, a Troy Douglas, a Lee Hole, guys that have coached at all levels of football, those guys that have been around it and seen it and um, know what it looks like and, and know what it takes. Absolutely. You want to be able to sell that notion in recruiting and sell the idea that the people that we're going to surround you with, the guides that we're going to put around you, the coaches have been there. They've done that. They've had the experience. They know what it looks like. Uh, they know what it takes. Um, they have all the, the, the ingredients to give you, to help you become that type of player. But ultimately, it's that, that, kind of, that still falls on you uh, to become an NFL player. Now, any of these coaches who walk into this living room and tell kids, I'm going to get you ready, I'm going to make you an NFL player, okay, I think you need to get up and run as fast as you can away from those guys. Ultimately, at the end of the day, all we can do is share the experiences that we have, how what, how, and what we believe in, our philosophy on developing those type of things. Uh, and the kids ultimately have to have the, the athletic ability and the skill set has to be God-given and parent-given to be able to do that and to be able to achieve those things and play at that level. Um, so, um, yes, obviously, all of our experiences and things and background is what you sell in recruiting to give them the idea of that's what's special and that's what we can develop if that is one of your goals um, and, and goals and, and what we can help you to achieve. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you there with, with the experiences uh, and, and selling those experiences as, as the reasons why. And I think um, ultimately you just have to win. You have to win. To, to get those scouts and, and pro organizations interested in, 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 in your university and what you're doing and the young people in your university and the athletes in your university, uh, first comes, you know, winning. And then it comes from there is a result of them digging into and, and, and evaluating each prospect as they evaluate each one and then stacking them up against everybody else in the country as far as who's a draftable athlete and, and who's a non-draftable athlete. Um, and do I think um, more African-American coaches should lend, lead or lend their expertise uh, to more HBCUs as it goes? I think that's, that, falls on, that falls on the individual. I will, you would love to see that happen. You would love to, like we said, we want, want more uh, African-American athletes, uh, you know, basically choosing to, to come and play in an HBCU rather than uh, going to a, a, P, a major PWI, I guess you would say you want the same thing in, in the coaching ranks. Uh, however, winning takes care of all of that. Winning takes care of it all, and I do think being able to have the experience and lend your expertise to young people uh, through your experiences uh, can help with that, absolutely. How important, how important is local recruiting to you? We have um, a lot of good players coming out of the Washington, D.C. areas, um, but we have very few on the Howard University roster. We only have two um, that are returning next year that are actually from Washington, D.C. We have a couple from Virginia, a couple from Maryland. Um, but what, right. how important is recruiting and establishing that local fan base? Uh, uh, it is It is. It is the lifeblood. I'm honestly, I'm a program 
and a, and a university like Howard, it, it is the lifeblood of, of what it is, and, it, and it's going to start right at home. It's going to start right now. I don't know what people have done in the past. I don't know how they've done it, but for us, it's going to start right at home. Uh, the D.C. DMVA is, is going to be uh, the main focus um, and, and the, the very lifeblood of our recruiting, and from there, we'll reach out into other areas and, and, and plug and go as we need to as far as to make sure we're always addressing our needs and, and increasing our talent base and, uh, uh, and, and you know, increasing the young men that come into this program that come from all other areas and walks of life to, to, to give our, our, our roster, uh, you know, depth uh, in, in a lot of different areas. But for us, it's going to start in the D.C. DMV area. Um, right now, I have a, a whole list of, uh, of coaches from the D.C. area. I'm going to start reaching out here, too, uh, here soon in the next coming you know, week to week and a half, two weeks, uh, making sure that we start to open those pipelines of relationships, uh, starting with myself as a head coach and stemming all the way down to all the assistant coaches on our staff, uh, the coaches that recruit their schools and have those areas um, in the DMV, uh, because that's going to be our lifeblood. That's where we're going to start. That's going to be home for us, and, and that's how we're going to start to build it, and then we'll put all the other pieces uh, the fit to, to add to our depth and into our needs uh, to complete the roster and make sure we have a healthy, talented roster top to bottom. So, are you prepared for DC winners? You've coached down south, <laughs> came from down south. Are you prepared to coach in November in the DC winner when things kind of get a little bit different than it does down in the south? I tell you what, here's the deal. I've, I've only, I can't, I can't attest to, to that. I'm, the only thing I can tell you when I was at South Florida, we were in the Big East. Uh, we played in some treacherous weather in the West Virginia, Pittsburgh, uh, region of the country and Connecticut, those type of things in the winter months, uh, through then and then certainly, you know, in Miami from time to time. But, uh, Tennessee, Knoxville got pretty chilly and stuff like that and, and had some cold weather games and a few times, but, um, Played in it as a player and those type of things, but to, to say I've been through it and, and done that for a whole season, I, I mean, can't can't say that. But we're more than prepared for that. More than prepared for what that's all about. Uh, weather and cold has never been a deterrent uh, for me, and, and, and those type of things. And we're not going to let it be a, a deterrent for us, our football team, or our coaches as we continue to develop and build our program. So, absolutely, I'm ready for it. And every time you know, challenges are good. Present yourself with challenges, and if we need to use the weather for myself as a challenge, as a motivating factor, with that, that dog get left with let's go. Cold weather, winter, all those type of things, I'm good with it, and good for it. We're all prepared and be ready for it. Cool. Last question. As a communications major, how do you rank this interview? How about what now? How do you rank this interview as a communications major and everything you've learned in your days at South Florida? As a communications major, how do you rank this interview? I, I can't hear that last part. So how do you rank this interview? As, as your expertise oh. as a communications major, how do you rank this interview? Good. I think I think the questions are, are the ones that dig into that they're very um, pointed questions that, that lead to uh, conversational type answers uh, that allow people to you know get a chance to really know who you are because with, with those questions you have to be very detailed and, and you know and thought out and your process of delivering the answer uh, and be very descriptive in what you think and, and how you want to process things. And the, and the questions are very much so if you don't have a plan and, and, and have thought through all of these things, you'll probably stumble through this interview. Uh, so, no, I thought I thought the questions were really well done. 
uh, really straightforward, uh, you know, to the point, um, and very to the message of what people want to hear the Howard head football coach talk about and speak to as they get to know. Cool. So you always you coaching in every aspect of life. I got to be coaching from uh, Coach Larry Scott. One, anything you want to tell the fans about what to expect? Hopefully next season um, with Howard University football. Yeah, I, w- I would say when you just gonna, I would expect everybody to understand you're going to see a team that knows what it means to play hard, what it means to play hard, to play purposeful, to play with passion, to play with energy, what it is, you know, play for that, the brand that we represent, play for the families and our families who uh, we represent, and then to play for each other. Uh, one of the things that you always notice about really good football teams and really bad football teams is how hard they play. If they play, they don't play hard, they don't play together, you probably got a pretty bad culture. If you got a group of young men that play hard, they play together, that means they're playing with purpose, they're playing aligned, and they're playing all together, which speaks to the health of the overall program and what the culture is becoming. And when we begin to see those teams play hard, the wins and things begin to happen. And we begin to build something that can sustain because the culture is strong, the culture inside the program is healthy, uh, we're doing everything that we need to do, uh, Outside of the white lines, far before we step in between the white lines and winning is something that's a byproduct of doing that. And therefore, you'll start to see the wins collect. You'll start to see the program uh, turn the corner. But more importantly, you'll start to see the program turn the corner with the ability to sustain success over the, over the number of years that we're all here. We're all together working together to build this thing. So that's what I would say to the fans and that they can expect to see. They can also expect to come out and see the Showtime Marching Band. That's the one thing that kind of brought me to Howard <laughs> University football. My um, stepfather, Lawrence Johnson, um, is a photographer. He's been shooting for HBCUs for as long as I can remember, as long as I've been born. I started coming to Howard University football games, um, wanting to do sports photography, and he brought me to a Howard game. And I seen the Showtime Marching Band. I'm like, I'm going to Howard. And even though I never made it to Howard as a student, um, I think I'm a Howard student at heart. So, if you ain't coming for the game, come for the game within the game and check out the Showtime Marching Band <laughs> on a Saturday well, afternoon in Washington D.C. Homecoming weeks and weekends are always, um, or week is always worth coming from any part of the country to come be a part of. Um, so we definitely look forward to having you as a part of Howard University family. We definitely hoping and praying and expecting. And we know we're going to get some success. I know that Larry Scott is going to be the guy that's going to turn it around for Howard University football and uh, get us back to those winning ways. Um, any social media, anything you want the fans, the fans to follow you on? No, i tell you what. I'm excited about that marching band myself. You got it. My kids are all excited about that, and, and we're all excited about the overall experience of what it is to, to be at Howard, um, to be – uh, in, in the H- in, at an HBCU and, and in our nation's capital, uh, what better combination do you get in the world um, than what Howard can offer you from an academic standpoint, world-class city, and we're going to build our program into a world-class football program. Uh, and therefore, it will be no, the answer will be why Howard. Uh, I think the response will start to be why not Howard. And that's where we want to grow the program and get it to. That's what's up. This is Mr. Head Coach of the Howard University, the real Howard, the real HU football program larry scott and on that note i'm hero super 10 make sure you catch me in the streets catch me in the studio and catch me online because if you ain't there you ain't nowhere i'm hero super 10 get them out